May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Have you ever thought about how we like try to manufacture fear in our society, in our culture? We take something that really isn't scary, but we try to add effects to it to make it super spooky and scary. Yeah, well, for this series, we're going to take a look at some ghost stories, a not-so-spooky series about the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. My name's Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. Now, when I was in the sixth grade, I had a friend, and his name was Alex. Alex and I hung out a lot. He lived like two streets over, so it was just really convenient for us. We just hung out continuously together. So uh, Alex was great, but Alex had an older brother who was just a punk. He was just one of those punk older brothers that, like, no matter what we were doing, he would show up and, like, do it better because he was older and try to hurt us in the process. So if we're just throwing the football around the backyard, his brother would show up and tackle us, pound us a couple of times, throw it harder, and then leave. And that was just kind of, you know, just what you got when you went to Alex's house. And so I remember one time there was a handful of us, and we were, we were spending the night at Alex's house, and we were watching a scary movie. But of course, Alex's brother had already seen it, and he sat behind us, and the entire movie would tell us what was going to happen right before it happened. Hey, someone's about to jump out behind that door. And then someone would jump out behind that door. Hey, that girl, she, she's about to die. And she was about to die. The whole time it was like, dude, cut it out. But he just continued to do it throughout the entire movie. Well, guess what? The movie wasn't very scary. When it was all said and done, we acted tough. Like, oh, yeah, that didn't scare me at all. Well, looking back at it, the reason it wasn't scary is because I knew what was going to happen right before it happened. My knowledge of the movie basically took away any fear factor that I had. No, seriously, try it. A scary movie that you've already seen, go watch it again. See if the surprises get you a second time. No, they don't. You see, we can be scared of the things just because we don't know them. We don't understand them. I mean, it, it, it happens all over in different aspects of life for us. Right before marriage, there's fear and they're scared. What's it going to look like? Well, it's because never been married before. Starting a new job. I've I've never been to the place. I've never, I don't know what this looks like. I'm kind of scared. I don't know how things are going to interact with all of my new coworkers. For those that are in school, the only tests that you're afraid of are the ones you didn't study for because you don't know the information. The vast majority of my tests growing up. Yeah. If you know all of the information, a test really isn't that scary at all. I mean, think about it. It's scary the first time we begin to talk to people about Jesus or invite them to church because we don't, we haven't put ourselves in that position. We don't know where the conversation is going to go. Parents, it's scary talking to your kids about sex, especially the first kid, because you've never done it before. By the time, like, the third kid rolls around, then sex. It's just not as scary. You understand. You got it. You see my point? You understand what I'm talking about? It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit kind of has this spooky, scary factor to him because we we don't know him. See, look, we worship a God, a Godhead who is three in one. We have God the Father, we have God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct personalities, co-equal, and are one God. But 
it's easier for us to know and understand God the Father and God the Son because, well, we understand fathers and sons. We understand parent and child relationships. We, we've related to fathers. We've related to sons. And so, yeah, I got that. But spirit? I mean, it, that, it's awkward, scary. It? Him? Casper, the Holy Spirit? I, and you know, it's, it's that aspect to it. And so there brings a little bit of, I'm not going to initiate in that because that's just kind of awkward. Father and son, I've got that. Now look, if I were to ask you, by the majority of the room, hey, are you growing in your relationship with God? You would say yes. Now, some growing slower than others, some newer in the growth than others, but everybody is pretty much growing. Everybody would pretty much agree. And if I were to ask you, hey, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, which one feels just kind of the most awkward to you? You're going to say the Holy Spirit. That's why we're having this series. That's why we're going to focus four weeks on looking at God the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be studying him, and we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament in the New Testament, we're going to be looking in the early church, the Holy Spirit's role. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit in Jesus' teaching. And we're going to spend four weeks looking at the Holy Spirit. But now, now wait. What if we didn't do this series? What if we just said, you know what? I'm kind of good where I am. I'm growing in my relationship with God. What's the point to all of this? Well, the point is, at some point, you're going to hit a roadblock in your spiritual growth you're going to hit a roadblock and you're not going to be able to move past it. Some of you are probably there right now and you don't know it. And you've been wondering, why do I feel like I've been in the same position in my relationship with God? Why can I not go any further? It's because honestly, there is a third of God that you don't know. A third of him that you just haven't invested in. You haven't taken the time to study him or get to know him because we pray God the Father and then we study Jesus and we feel like that's good enough. But there's a third. And so of course you're going to hit a roadblock. All right, look, let's just take me for an example. If you only know me as Pastor Adam, our relationship's going to hit a limit. We're just going to stay casual friends and that's it. Because there's so much more to me than just being a pastor. I mean, there's, yeah, there's pastor Adam, but I'm also a father. I'm also a son. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I have all different aspects of my life. And the people that know me the best, my closest friends, know me in pretty much all of those roles. The people that come to my small group they see a different side of me than just I'm the pastor. They see how Robin and I interact in our marriage. They see how I interact with my kids. They get to hear stories and prayer requests of my relationship with my brothers and, you know, parents. And it's, they know me a lot better. Because if we were just to stay as Pastor Adam, well, our relationship's going to hit a limit. It's the exact same thing with God. If you only know him as God the Father, 
and you only know him as God the Son, you will never fully know God. That's why this series is so crucial. And today, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit, specifically in the Old Testament. Because there's a lot of misconception out there of, of people thinking that, well, the Holy Spirit really didn't show up on the scene until like when Jesus left. Like Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, and then when he was gone, like the Holy Spirit showed up. Not true. The Holy Spirit is extremely active in the very beginning of Scripture. And we're going to take a look at it today. So everybody get your sermon notes out. And I want us to look at how do I begin to get to know the Holy Spirit? Well, here's the first one. The Holy Spirit created me. So I need to relate to him like I would a close friend. The Holy Spirit created me. So I need to relate to him like I would a close friend. Now, as we're getting to know the Holy Spirit, he has a huge head start in this relationship because he knows us inside and out, very intimately, because he created us. Look at some of these passages here. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the, underline these three words, Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. How many times have we read Genesis 1 and missed the Holy Spirit? Second verse of scripture, the Holy Spirit shows up. Jesus, no, not even in the picture yet, but the Holy Spirit is there. Uh, look what it says in Genesis 1, 26a. Then God said, and get ready, let us, underline us, make mankind in our, underline our, image, and in our, underline our, likeness. Who is this us and our? It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created you. You are just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He knows you. He knows you better than some of your closest friends. Look what it says in, in Job, chapter 33, verse 4. The Spirit of God, underline Spirit of God for me, has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Golly, how many times can we read scripture and miss it? Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, he is active. Now, you've heard me refer to the Holy Spirit as he. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it, not a ghost, not a vapor. And now the early church believed the, the person of the Holy Spirit and referred to him as a person, as he so strongly that in 325 AD, a lead teacher by the name of Arius was completely kicked out of the church for teaching that the Holy Spirit was simply a vapor of influence of God the Father. And they was like, no, not only are we gonna denounce your teaching, but you're out. You're completely removed from your position. The Holy Spirit is never to be referred to as a nit. He's a person. We are made in his image and likeness. The Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit has intellect. The Holy Spirit has feelings. Just like you and I do. Now we're to refer to him as if we were a close friend. Now think about it. How do you communicate 
with your close friends? Do you communicate in a very formal manner? No, you're very casual and laid back. When you interact with people that you're close friends with, it's, it's laid back, it's easy. Now, all right, example. Let's just say we meet for the very first time. It's probably gonna go something like this. Hi, my name's Adam Jungla. I'm one of the pastors here at the park. How are you this morning? You'll say, good. I'm like, wonderful. So are you new to the area? Oh, well, that's great. Tell me about your family. Wonderful. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. We'd love to see you back next week. Have a great day. Very formal, very nice, polite. I do my best to make a good first impression. I can't blow it on the first time. I let the rest of them kind of ruin that deal. But now, let's take my interaction with Pastor Ryan. Pastor Ryan, we have been great friends for years. We literally office like right across the hall from each other. It's more convenient for us to just yell at each other than it is to use a phone, which we do frequently. I I know him well. His wife, Ashley, his son, Luke. Now, when I walk in in the mornings to the office and I walk past Ryan's door, well, good morning, Pastor Ryan. How are you this morning? It's so delightful to see you. How is your wife, Ashley? And your son, Luke, how is he? Is he feeling well? That's great. No, that's not how it is at all. I know, Ryan, we are close friends. So I go in his office, stick my head, I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, oh man, not much. What'd you do last night? Oh yeah, that's cool. All right, good. And we'll give kind of like, like a little bro pump, like a little deal. It's not like a handshake or anything like that. Yeah, no, because we know each other. I know he loves the Boston Red Sox, and so I'm probably going to make a couple of New York Yankees jokes. Anything that I can do. Yeah. I mean, seriously, think about it for a second. Think if you went to one of your closest friends and you started acting in the most formal of ways. You know what they'd look at you and they'd say? Dude, what's wrong with you? What are you, what are you doing? They'd say, like, stop being fake. You see, here's the thing. When we begin to communicate and relate to the Holy Spirit, and we're very formal, the Holy Spirit's saying to us, why are you being fake? I, I, know, I know you probably better than you know yourself. I, I know how you're feeling. You, like, you don't have to give me the details. I, 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 I know this. Just talk to me. Just relate to me. We feel like there has to be this like formality when it comes to our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit saying no. No, I, I want you to relate to me like you would a close friend because I created you. I know you. I have feelings just like you have feelings. Look, relate to the Holy Spirit like you would a close friend. It's the first step in getting to know him. All right, what's the second thing? The second thing for how we're to get to know the Holy Spirit is we have to know that the Holy Spirit gifted me, so I need to honor him with my abilities. The Holy Spirit gifted me, so I need to honor him with my abilities. In Exodus 35, Moses and the Israelites, they're out in the desert, they're wandering around, and God tells them, hey, I want a house. I want a place that I can live, that I can dwell in your midst. Because I am your God, you are my people, I want to be with you, so build me a house. And look what shows up in Exodus 35. Then Moses said to the Israelites, 
See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the, underline this, spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. Look, why were these guys given these skills? It's because one day God was going to want a house. Now, I am sure they made fantastic furniture. I'm sure that they had like a whole custom design interior decorating tent firm for the nation of Israel. That if you wanted an awesome tent, like you went to these guys and they decorated the tent and it was, it was fantastic. And they were probably extremely well known. Oh, if you want the best bedroom set, you call these guys. They'll absolutely hook you up. I mean, they had these skills, but why? Well, it's because one day God was going to want a house. You have gifts. You have skills. You have things that you're good at. And those were given to you by the Holy Spirit when he was involved in your creation. Now, it's honestly pretty easy to look at our lives and see where we are gifted. I mean, it's just easy to say, oh, I'm better at this than I am at this. But you ever thought why? Why are you gifted in those areas? What's the purpose of it? I mean, are, are you just gifted in those things so that you could find that career and climb the ladder? Are you really gifted in numbers, in math, in accounting, so you can make other people a bunch of money? Why? Why are you gifted in some areas? Because I don't think it's by accident. I think the Holy Spirit has a specific purpose that he wants you to accomplish. Why are some people really good at speaking in front of people and other people are really great in small conversations? I'm much better in this setting than I am in one-on-one or in small group settings. But there are some people that this would scare the daylights out of them. But give them three to four people in a Bible, they're fantastic. Why do you have your gifts? Here's what I want you to do this week. When you go to your small group, when you show up to your small group, and literally everybody's here involved in a small group, I know. So I want you to find out what the needs are in your small group. And I want you to help. Because somebody in your small group is going to say, hey, um, we have some automotive needs. And guess what you're skilled at? Working on a car. Maybe they have home repairs. Maybe they just need help getting organized in life and you're like an organizational guru. But have you ever thought about why you're gifted in those areas? Look, as you get to know the Holy Spirit, he'll show you. That's not my job. That's his. 
I guarantee you, he will. Third thing about the Holy Spirit that we got to get to know is the Holy Spirit empowers me. So I need to put myself in situations to be greatly used. The Holy Spirit empowers me. So I need to put myself in situations to be greatly used. Look, often simply having these gifts isn't enough. Sometimes just because you're gifted in this area does not guarantee the fact that you're going to step out and use those gifts. So the Holy Spirit comes down and empowers people to use those gifts in the right situations. It happens throughout the entire Old Testament and some of the greatest stories that we see. Look, I'll put a couple of them down here. The Holy Spirit empowered Moses to delegate. Look, Moses was already the leader of the nation of Israel, but he had all of the leadership skills on his shoulder, and he was doing everything, and honestly, he was becoming ineffective as a leader, but yet he was struggling and delegating. He had the skills to do it. He just wasn't. Look what happens in Numbers eleven seventeen. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit, underlined Spirit, that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. The Holy Spirit had come down upon Moses in such a powerful way to lead him to step out. That guy was saying, hey, you can't do this all by yourself. So give some of it up. And guess what happened to those other people? Well, they were empowered. And they stepped up in leadership because they had the gifts too, but they weren't using them. Look, the Holy Spirit empowered Othniel to lead God's people out of bondage. In Judges 3.10, it says, the Spirit of the Lord, guess what? Underline Spirit of the Lord. Came on him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The judge gave Cushnan Rishathane, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel who empowered him. Now think about it. We had come across Othniel a couple times in Scripture up to this point. Never was he a leader. He was always second lieutenant. He was always the guy right behind. We see him in stories. We see him fighting in battle as a mighty warrior, but never do we see him stepping up like this. Well, the entire nation of Israel was enslaved. He had the gifts, but he wasn't doing anything with it. So the Holy Spirit came down upon him and empowered him to step out and free the entire nation. The Holy Spirit empowered Saul to teach. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 10:6. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord, underlined Spirit of the Lord, will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. Look, we all know who Saul became. We all know that he became king. We all know he became this great leader, but he wasn't like that before. Now, he had the gifts. He had the abilities. But what we're told here is that, hey, you'll be ready when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be a different person. You will step up, and you will teach, and you will prophesy, and you will lead the people. And in that moment, when you become different, then you're ready. The gifts are always there. The Holy Spirit had to empower. And this last one, the Holy Spirit empowered Zechariah to speak out against sin. 2 Chronicles 22, uh, 24, verse 20. 
Then the Spirit of God, underlined Spirit of God, came on Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood before the people and said, this is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's command? You will not prosper. Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. I mean, the bold and the power to step up and speak. As you can see, the Holy Spirit is throughout the entire Bible. Continuously throughout the Old Testament. I mean, working amazing gifts. But when I look at it, here's what I see. When I see these stories, when I see the relationship that these people had, I see that they were in position to do something great for God. These people were not living in a safe, comfortable world that they had created around themselves. They were beginning to use their gifts. They were beginning to step out. And then at that one moment, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were sent out into greatness. Where are you risking it in life? Or are you completely playing it safe in every single aspect? You see, here's the thing. For the Holy Spirit to come down and use you like you desire, like he never has before, you need to put yourself in a place where you step out in faith and you say, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up, this is going to be miserable. Because in and of myself, I can't do this. What's scary is stepping out and saying, hey, you know what? I am going to lead a large group in the kids' ministry. I'm going to lead a small group this next semester. I'm going to step out and I'm going to lead. I'm going to start a Bible study at my school. I'm going to start a Bible study at my work before everybody gets there and I'm going to invite everybody to come. Stepping out and saying, hey, I'm going to open my home for all the families on the street to come here so that we can begin to get to know them and we can pray for them. We can invite them to church. Where are you risking it? Or are you just playing it safe in every single aspect with walls built up around your life, around your family, around all of your relationships? Look, you can build up as many walls as you want, but you know who's inside those walls with you? The Holy Spirit is. Because he made you, he created you, and he knows you. What's scary is putting yourself in a position that requires the Holy Spirit to show up. What's not scary is the Holy Spirit. I want everybody to pull out your connection card. And I want you to flip it over on the back and I want you to take a step or next step based on the message today. Maybe for you it's this first one. To commit to attend the rest of the Ghost Story series to get to know the Holy Spirit better. Look, wherever you are in your relationship with God and knowing the Holy Spirit, would you commit to come for the rest of this series so that you can get to know him better? Here's the next one. Seek guidance and knowledge from the Holy Spirit as if he was my close friend. Look, would you begin to relate to him and talk to him in prayer? And when you read your scripture, think of him as a close friend. I promise you, it'll change the way you relate to God. Here's a great one. Take inventory of my gifts this week and honestly evaluate how I'm using them to honor the Holy Spirit. So get out a piece of paper, draw a line right down the middle. On the left-hand side, write all of your gifts. Everything that you're good at. 
And then on the right-hand side, I want you to write, where are you using those gifts to honor the Holy Spirit? To help others, to serve others at the church, in your small group, I mean, wherever. How are you using those gifts to honor the Holy Spirit? Here's the next one. Put myself in a position this week to be used by the Holy Spirit. Would you step out and start a spiritual conversation with somebody? Look, you have no idea where it's going to go, but you just have to step out. And here's the last one. To become a Christ follower for the very first time in my life today. For some of you, you felt that this entire message, there's a little tug inside of you. You feel like somebody is speaking to you and just a way as if they made you, as if they know you. And you've got this uneasy feeling and you're saying, that's what I want and I don't have it. That's, I, I want that Holy Spirit. I want God. I want a relationship with him. I want to be empowered to step out. I, I want to use my gifts. Look, I believe that's the Holy Spirit saying that God wants to begin a relationship with you today, right now. So there's never come a time in your life where you've asked Christ to come into your life and be the Lord and Savior of your life then you're not a Christ follower, then you don't have a relationship with God. But that can change right now. A simple prayer, it's at the bo- a sample of it's at the bottom of your sermon notes. If you're ready to become a Christ follower and say that prayer and make Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, then in just a couple seconds, we're gonna have just some kind of quiet time. And that's a perfect time for you to pray and ask Christ to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. All right, everybody, I wanna give you 30 seconds. I want you to look over these next steps. I want you to prayerfully take one. I don't want you just to haphazardly take one. I want you to take it. Then I want you to pray that God would give you strength this week to meet and follow through with those next steps. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds right now. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit dwelling in this place, being with us. Thank you, God, that that he is a person just like we are, that we can relate to him as close friends, that we can share openly and honestly. God, that your Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us and help us in ways in life. And I pray this week that you would begin to show us areas in our life where the Holy Spirit is alive and active and we're just missing him. So around every turn, everything that we're doing, would you show us, God, where you are and how you're moving? Lord, I ask that you would guide us and direct us this week. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.